Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Thursday, July 20th, 2017, and this is the ride. Good day my friends, hope you're doing well on this 20th of July, in the middle of summer. For those of my friends who are in the northern hemisphere, I know the Australians, they have winter at this time of year, but I just don't picture them shoveling snow. So uh, enjoy your winters down there in Aussie land. Let's get into it today. I was getting ready for work this morning and I was looking out the window. I was having my bowl of cereal, looking out the window at a field of corn out the back of my house. And uh, I saw an interesting all I can call it is a, a visual anomaly, maybe. I'm looking out this window, but there's a part of my house that extends beyond the back. So I can look out the window and then I can see in the window into another room of mine. And that room didn't have any lights on in it, but my kitchen did, and the, my kitchen is behind me. I know it's maybe hard to visualize, but bear with me. So I'm looking out this window and I see in the room, through the window, my kitchen. Because it's reflecting off the, the window that I'm right in front of, but it appears as though my kitchen is in that darkened room. You following me? And it's made more real by the fact that when I would move my perspective all of the geometry of the reflections in the window worked out so that really did look like there was a kitchen in that room but it happened to be my living room and I would move and it would move as I would have expected it to had that really been a kitchen that was lit up and so here's the question is something really there if you see that it's really there if your senses tell you that it's really there. Everything about my little experience this morning told me there was a kitchen in that room. And by moving and looking at it from a different angle, so to speak, it still appeared that what I was seeing was actually... You know how there's a saying, you know, if it, if it smells like a duck, it quacks like a duck, then maybe it is a duck? Well, I, I would say many times that's probably what's going on. However, as we've seen here, your senses can tell you something about a situation or a person maybe, and they can be wrong. In fact, severely wrong. Now, if you sit and think about it, you could say to yourself, now, if, if I did this experiment with a child, they maybe would really... 100% believe that there's a kitchen over there. I see it. It's right there. And I could say, no, that's just a room that's, that's darkened. It looks like there's a kitchen in there because you're seeing a reflection from behind you. But they might not have the experience to understand that maybe there is that reflection there and it's, it's giving a false impression. So our experience, my experience told me after I was lied to by my senses my experience told me hey you know what remember that you could be seeing a reflection and it can look really really real 
So I don't know, I just was thinking about that because with the political climate we happen to be in right now, we want to, I think, a lot of times, we want to say, you know what, if it smells like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it looks like a duck, it must be a duck. But if my experience has taught me anything, you really cannot make a decision or make a judgment about something until you have been in that situation, as they say, as is said about the walking a mile in someone's moccasins. I think the world would be a lot less black and white if people simply put themselves into the other person's situation more often. In fact, I think that people would have a lot more grace on people if they truly could see things the way other people do. And maybe there would be less confrontation. Who knows? At least there'd be more grace, I think. It probably lets people recognize that the differences that they perceived in the other person or in the other person's dogma or belief system is maybe not as different as as one's thought. I think it's part of human nature to want to compartmentalize things. Uh, I think it's partially just because our brain can't cope with so many flavors of so many different things. I mean, isn't there some study that says if you've got, you know, 31 choices of ice creams or something, it's, it's more of a stress than if you had to pick from, you know, three to ten flavors, that kind of thing. And so because we don't want to deal with stress, and it might even be subconscious in our, in our gray matter, we don't want to deal with stress, so what we do is we try to compartmentalize our choices, our opinions of something, into more manageable bite-sized chunks. So we, we make little cubbies, and we say, ah, that person, that person is... Obviously, they have a little bit of this political thought, so let's put them in that cubby over there, thinking nothing of why they might be that way, for example, uh, or, or the motivations behind their opinions. No, we just see one little facet of their personality or one little facet of their decisions, so we throw them into this cubby. And so the world is liberal, conservative and independent because that's what we can manage and all of a sudden we make judgment about somebody based on one statement they say and we've put them in a box and if it's not the box that we like to hang out in then we reject that person why because we see things the way we see things and hey our senses don't lie. We see everything clearly if it quacks like a duck. Well, I want you to think about Jesus Christ for a moment. Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, there were a lot of people who judged him and put him in a box. You had, at first, you had the disciples who, for those that believed he was truly the Messiah, were expecting him to be some kind of political leader. Then it always comes back to politics, doesn't it? They expected this Messiah character 
to rise up against the Romans and you know establish freedom in Palestine and in, in that area how short-sighted God had a bigger picture didn't he now we have 2020 hindsight right God we can see what his ultimate plan was no we don't we have 10-10 hindsight we saw what he did then but he we, he's still doing things and there's things that he is doing in your life that you've got no idea. So what God did by coming to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, yes, we see it clearly, as clearly as we can through history, but we don't see the full picture of it. And we don't see the full picture of what he's doing in your life. We don't see the full picture of what the ultimate, ultimate results are going to be in the whole of time. We have no idea what's next. And our senses can lie to us. And our adversary can lie to us. In many ways, he uses our senses to do it. Example? All the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, uh, the, the pride of life, all of those things that he tried to tangle Jesus with when Jesus was out in the wilderness, he tries that on us. And he, what did he do? He used what that person, Jesus, what he saw. Doesn't it say that Satan showed Jesus, he showed him all the nations or something, and said, these can be yours, whatever. But he showed them to him. Well, our adversary shows us things, shows us what we can have, what we can't have, but says you can have it. That kind of thing. Gets our senses all in a, tied up in a knot. And all of a sudden, we're making decisions based only on our senses instead of on the faith in Christ. Which many times, by its definition, because it's faith, doesn't rely on the senses. So we have a decision to make, you know. How are we going to live our life? I recently have felt like, because there are so many opinions in the world, a good, mature human being ought to be able to hear other people's opinions and not be quick to make rash judgments. And when I think about my experience, when I've run into people who have been that way, they tend to be older, wiser, and more grounded people. I want to be that. I have found that these kind of people have opinions that might vary from mine, but they're willing to let me voice my opinions and my concerns without judgment. That's kind of cool. I want to be that person. I want to be in the light, as you are in the light. I want to shine my light in the darkness. Which reminds me of a verse I read this morning, and I shall read it to you. From 1 John 1, 7. It's kind of a famous verse, so you might even know it just from the reference. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, the Son, purifies us from all sin. Now there's a lot in that scripture and you know, many of us who have grown up in the church have heard this one, 
but I'd like to unpack a few things. But if we walk in the light, all right, well, we kind of know what that means. I mean, the light is the goodness of God. The light is the truthfulness of God. The light is the part that's not sinful. You know, we, we, we look at sin as the darkness. Light is what chases that darkness away. So it's the absence of the sin mentality and the fatalistic victim mentality that many of us cling to because that's what our adversary tells us we ought to cling to. Woe is me. Poor me. I always make mistakes. Well, that was your first mistake right there is saying that you always make mistakes. Stop saying that. If you truly do not want to make mistakes, then start saying, well, I have the mind of Christ. And if I've made mistakes, I can be set free from that past and I can walk forward in victory. And though I may fail at times, I can still be walking in victory. I mean, it takes a little bit of practice and, dare I say, faith to make that statement, but it can be made. But anyway, getting back to that scripture... Okay, yeah, we kind of know, walking in the light, we kind of get an idea of what that means. You know, I'm not going to do anything wrong, I'm not going to do anything wrong, I'm not going to do anything wrong! Well, let's unpack a little more, shall we? Because I think if we have that kind of mentality, we're going to fail every time because we cannot do it alone. And we cannot do it by just commanding ourselves to walk holy and pure. We need some help. What does that help? Well, let's read on. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. Ever think about that one? The scripture doesn't say if we walk in the light, we will and have fellowship one with another and all this stuff. It says if we walk in the light as he is in the light. That means we better figure out that what that means. What does it mean to be in the light? When you're in the light, something is exposing what was hidden right? The light exposes what was hidden in the darkness. Well, Jesus embodies light. There is no thing that he's hiding when it comes to the person of Jesus. He laid his life bare, didn't he? And he was a sacrifice for us so that we could have this same life of light. He did that for us. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Have you got an idea? Lord, what does it mean when you say, as you are in the light? I like to maybe think of it in this way. He's allowing, there's no secret between him and the Father. They're one. Oh, we're getting somewhere. They are one, aren't they? He's walking in the light of God. Because he embodied God, he was God, he is God. Is God within you? I know that's kind of a weird thing. I mean, some people would look at that and say, oh, that's sacrilegious. No, no. Is God within you? I didn't say, were you born with part of God in you? And, and you have to somehow mentally create this God in yourself. This is, that's kind of secular humanism stuff. 
I'm not going there. I'm saying, does God reside in your life? Is he embodied in your life like he was with Jesus? We can have that kind of connection with God the Father. We can. If when I said, is God in you, you had this like, you had this quick, uh, I don't know about that, then there might be something that needs to be addressed. Because God can be in you. You can receive his life into your life and be an ambassador of God to this planet. And you won't have second thoughts about whether God is in you or not. You would know. You would know. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Jesus operates from a position of surrender to God. He did every step he took on planet Earth was a step surrendered to God. Every step he took. We say this so much, what I'm about to say, it seems not weighty enough. But every step he took, even death on a cross, was surrendered to God. That's weighty. He didn't have to. He had free will. That's the beautiful thing about the life of Christ, is he did have free will. He was human in every way. He could have chose the wrong decisions, but he didn't. He was fully surrendered to God. He was living in the light. You know, the rest of that verse, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about the life of a believer in a fishbowl where it's you and God and everything is cool. But the reality of life is this. We live with these things called people. And what's the verse say? But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Is one another just your inner circle? Is one another just your family? Just your friends? What I'm getting at is we should be able to have fellowship with others. No matter what cubby we might have put them in. I know it's not easy. I know you're probably thinking, just like I am, of the people that we've put in certain categories. That were basically, that person's not in uh, my realm of uh, fellowship. So, no thank you. Might not seem all that comfortable. Jesus didn't have an option whether to save some or all, did he? And we're to walk like he walked. Now that doesn't necessarily mean though that God has called you to reach all the people that despise you, but I bet you there's a few he's called you to. Those people that despise you, you never know. Maybe the way that God uses you to reach into their life is just by the fact that you are light, like Jesus' light, in a relationship with them when they thought for sure you were just off the deep end and you were not their circle of fellowship, but you've reached out 
and you've included them, albeit a difficult thing, you've included them into your fellowship. And then they see things from maybe your perspective a little bit more. You see things from their perspective a little bit more. You might agree to disagree, but hey, there was that little bit of movement from you to bring something together. And maybe, just maybe, that will open their eyes to what Jesus has to offer them. And without you, that would have never happened. You just don't know. Jesus lived a life in submission to God, and that's what we're supposed to do. And I'm not saying that you know we go seek out the worst people that would harm our families and you know be a really I mean our job is to also protect our families and and our loved ones and and not be stupid but I think you know when God is calling you into a situation where it's pretty uncomfortable but he's calling you nonetheless we need to listen to that we need to do that that's what Jesus did that's him walking in the light So remember at the start of this thing, we were talking about how I saw an image of light, if you will, a reflection, and it confused me. There is no confusion in the light of Christ. In fact, the fact that we're talking about the light is truth. It's the power of God. It's the absence of rebellion. It's full submission to God. There cannot be illusion there. The great thing about the light of God is that it reveals things that you would never see with your five senses. We need to not be reliant so much on these five senses. Perhaps we have to call it our sixth sense. I see death, people. That's what it is when you're operating in the light of Christ, you see what is death. You see those areas that are tripping people up. They don't see that it's basically death. It's sin leads to death. So are we supposed to walk around and pretend like we don't see what is clearly before us as we're operating in this sixth sense, the sense that God gives us in the light of who he is? Are we supposed to walk around and just kind of ignore those who are walking in death circumstances, death habits. Now that doesn't, it's not to say we're going to go and find everybody who's smoking a a cigarette or, or, or drinking a beer and say, ah, you're living in death. Stop it. That's not what I'm talking about. Those are just, in the scheme of things, those are so not important. In many ways, those kind of things are cultural. They don't have necessarily to do with the state of someone's soul. Ooh, I I said, yeah, I said that. I'm talking about things that are beyond cultural. I'm talking about things where we give our heart to God and we live a life that is as a servant. So let's not get this mentality that, you know, if we're serving God, somehow we're less of a person than if we were just living our own life. Man, if you're living your own life, you are a servant to death is what you are and you just don't know it. But if you're a servant to Christ, then you're walking in the light and you will have more life 
eternal life too. But you will have life as you walk each day more than than you could ever have in the wildest of lives filled with your own desires. It is really a choice that you make. The Bible says you need to choose life. Someday down the line, I want to meet you, and I want to see the fruit of your life, and I want to be able to say to you, you chose wisely. So the practical, how do we do it? You can't do it in your own strength, I can guarantee you that. But you can do it in the strength of Christ. He's gone and done every step before us. He is just a whisper away. Lord, I need help right now. I don't know how to deal with this person. I don't know how to deal with this situation. But I know that you do. Give me comfort and peace in this time of difficulty. And just give me an inkling of what I'm supposed to do next. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow your lead. And if I don't hear a word from you right now, then I'm going to go to your word and see what it says in situations like this. It's as simple as that. Although the Bible doesn't say much about the particulars of our day, you know, it doesn't have anything in there, I'm pretty sure, about, you know, whether we should install Windows 10 or stick with Windows 8. You know, it doesn't say anything about that. But somehow, what's in that word would help you, even with that decision. I don't know how. It just, it does. I don't know. So you know what I'm going to say. You stay in that word and you live in peace. That means peace with your fellow man. You're going to have fellowship with people that you didn't think you could because you're going to be living in the light. You're going to be living in the light. You need to pray for those who persecute you. Ooh, that's a touchy one. Because in this political realm we live in today, there are people who will persecute you for your political opinions. You need to pray for them. Not that they'll come around to your opinion. Man, you might have a bad opinion yourself. No, you just need to pray for them. That they will see God's light may have nothing to do with the political arena. You want the light of God to be all around you. And that means in people that are all around you. Pray for that. Believe for that. Parents, you might even be at odds with your teens. And they might feel like someone who persecutes you. You need to pray for your teens. Even when they say mean things to you. Or even worse. You need to pray for them so they see the light. So they can see the light in you. Which means you're dealing with a situation that's hard, but you're dealing with it in the way that Jesus would. You need to pray for that for you. You know, praying for those who persecute you is probably helping you more than it helps them. But I think you already knew that. This whole thing about seeing with our own senses, feeling, smelling, tasting with our own senses, God dropped that into my lap today because we rely on that so, so heavy and it can lie to us. I'm asking you to have faith in God. Have faith in the thing you can't see. And then see if it doesn't change your life. And I will see you on the flip.